there's no way any high up people at Nintendo have approved like Hentai Warriors 9. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speech Check. I'm Sam. And I'm Matt. And this is episode 11. And today we're going to be talking about Doom Eternal, the Xbox Series X, and the most time we've put into a game. But before we talk about any of that, Sam, what have you been playing and what is going on right now? Because I'm sure people have noticed a slight difference in the audio quality. Yeah, so normally we sound crisp as, but... I probably gonna I'm gonna sound weird. You're gonna still be fine. Hopefully. Uh, so we have the setup we have is all the equipment is at Matt's house, mm-hmm. just because it's easier. Um, and obviously, with things being the way they are, I cannot sadly travel to your humble abode. So we are doing this via the internet right now. Well, technically via Discord. Especially. Yeah. I'm capturing um, a Discord. Yeah. So we. We're not going to try to make a regular thing of doing it this way, um, but it is a good test to know that if, for whatever reason, we can't be physically together to record, no, we can't do it this way. So, mm-hmm. anyone wondering, that's why I sound terrible. Uh, it's not anything to do with your equipment. It's just the way the world is right now. We can't physically be in the same room, so mm. you got to roll with it. Yeah. But what I've been playing so most recently. Um, it's been a bit quieter for me. I'm only going to focus on the newer stuff I've been playing because I still generally recycle the same stuff of Red Dead and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I played PGR4 yesterday, Project Gotham Racing 4, which oh, okay. is a very, very old game. From uh, Well, I played it in 2008. I don't know if it came out in that year. Uh, it actually holds up pretty well. I was playing it for a purpose because uh, I set up a... Uh, session through true achievements to get some stuff because I'm surprised the servers are still going really you think after 12 years they would have chosen down yeah but that is surprising. Uh, I to, to clear up what I do I don't just immediately get a game and be like I'm gonna I don't want to even attempt to try and be good at this online so I'm immediately gonna find the people to to boost all the stuff with mm-hmm uh, the reason for this is because basically no one plays this game anymore, so you have to you can't just find a quick match for things. Uh, so I'm getting people that have the same stuff, and it's really old DLC as well that isn't even on the marketplace anymore. So people that didn't already download it way back when, uh, you can't get it now. So it's it's even more just scarce or hard to find someone that does have the same stuff. So, but mm. it took a little while to set it up. It didn't it took what maybe forty five minutes, which is pretty good for. A boosting session normally you can be there for a couple of hours just trying to sort people out and kind of get everybody if you get people that don't have mics don't necessarily speak english haven't necessarily about what they've got to do so it can be a bit stressful does it does it take a lot of coordination typically uh generally when i set mine up i so you, you set up a session you say how many people uh, are needed Generally, you, I always put two more than are needed for the session, just because you're trying to get people that are going to drop out through just forgetting, not showing up. Mm. Life gets in the way. Obviously, at the moment, everyone's kind of got more reasons to be around. That's true, yeah. Because everyone, everyone's inside. But you set up uh, the estimated time that it takes 
I normally try and be a bit conservative, but this one it was only um, an hour. Some people try and do like a full, like, oh yeah, we're going to play for eight hours, we're going to get this. Um, they try and cover all the bases where I'm more sort of systematic and I'll go for, right, I'm just going to get these two things in this time. And I'm normally, to sweeten the deal, I'm like, oh, if anyone else, even if I don't need them, anyone else that needs extra stuff, any online stuff or needs more people, I don't mind helping them out with that. So I try and give give more back if it's if it's like an extra four hours, maybe not, but if it's like an extra half an hour of my time, I'll, I'll help out and do what I can. That's nice. Nice gesture. Is anything to, you know, I'm, I'm still getting what I I need to do done and they get some from theirs. And there's like a, a a review, a feedback review score on the site. So when someone comes in, if you can see they've only got, say, even something like 80% is quite low. Hmm. So if, but mine's like, I think, 98.89, something like that. And everyone else, so you can see coming in, if someone's like, oh, but I'd like to do a new session. If, they, if they've got like a 40% score, then you want to stay away from that person. If we're not going to turn up, we're going to turn up and do something insane. Okay, so that, that's like a, almost like an Uber-style peer review system on True Achievements. Yeah, so that you're coming in, you can see who's going to maybe be a bit, doesn't know what they're doing, or it's going to be a bit insane. Sometimes you get people to come in, don't listen to anything that's happening, and like try and get their achievements and leave. Which is a bit scummy, but mm. it, it happens. There are people out there that do that, but but yeah, I did that. The guys were all signed. Daniel bought Animal Crossing. Um, nice. I haven't seen too much of it. She's very much enjoying it. She loves games like that. Before that, she was playing or in, with that type of game. She was playing Stardew Valley. Okay, which is similar kind of much game. more. Yeah, in that in the same kind of genre I guess in terms of you, I don't know what you'd call Animal, Animal Crossing as a game like a build-a-thon collect-a-thon casual like a sim, sim? simsy with more context yeah yeah. she loves the sims and that kind of stuff as well so but yeah she's enjoying it I know actually a fair few people that have got it it's been more popular than I thought it would be like I know people who I would consider actual gamers that bought it I'm not saying that it's not an actual game but it's definitely more lighter like you say lighter and casual so mm. uh, I don't really have any proclivity towards playing it I'm probably happy for her to carry on with it but that's cool it looks like they've done a good job of building like a natural community around it yeah I think I said to you about it's not um, like a Pokemon the, thing right you said yeah so that you I think you can you pick a hemisphere that you have your island in and you can only get certain stuff in your hemisphere or on your island. Uh, and then you have to visit other people's or your friends to uh, get certain stuff to make uh, a house, axe, different elements you need to build your island up, basically. So Okay. And I've played a bit old school. I think I, I, think I messaged you and, and said about it. Uh, I was playing Toy Story 2. Oh, yes, on, you did, yeah. On PlayStation. I just randomly wiped it on. Uh, and that is, it's really harder than I remember. Like, I remember it being difficult, but even then I was like, because I'm just trying to get all the Peter's Planet tokens, trying to be a bit completist about it. Mm-hmm. But some of the platforming in the levels is pretty unforgiving, to say the least. 
I remember spending a long time with it. I I played it myself. Um, the, for some reason, the Pizza Planet level sticks out in my head as a big uh, a big stumbling block for me. I don't I don't really remember the gameplay of it. But you, I think you you actually do the cup section, don't you? Where you're underneath the cup and you have to like run around, kind of like Solid Snake. Yeah, they they do a good job of like putting in natural stuff from the film and making that relevant to the places that you go. So they there's some nice sort of like like you go in a house toy bar and hmm. um, obviously like the first level is Andy's room. So you do it's got a good good flow to it and it's. It's a game I very much enjoyed when I was a kid, so it was cool to play it again. But yeah, that's the that's the meat and potatoes what I've been playing. What have you been playing, Matt? I know you've been a bit more intense than I have. Um, you could say that. Yeah, I've well, the first thing I've been playing, the big the big thing, is Doom Eternal. But I've got a I've got to save all my thoughts for that for for our, our releases. So I'll, I think I'm just going to talk about the more I don't know the smaller experience I've played it over the last week or so. So I downloaded the Resident Three demo. Um, you did, yeah, and I thought it was good. It's exactly what you'd expect. It's built off of the Resi Seven and Resi Two engine, and that's clear. They've added some quality of life stuff, so now when you pick up items, uh, it doesn't always show you that item before it puts it in your inventory, which is something that happens in Resi Two Remake. Is when you pick something up, it kind of says, "This is bullets." And then it asks you where you want to put it in your inventory. Whereas now you uh, you pick something up and it's just immediately added. And then you can go into your inventory if you want to combine or change stuff around or do, do anything like that. And we've got the the new quick step mechanic, which is a big change. Oh, yeah, she's got, a, she's got a dodge, hasn't she? That's the main thing. I've seen a guy like fight Nemesis with the whole dodge thing. I don't know how reliable it is, but it, it's definitely a, uh, like a more survival-based mechanic that yeah was that was in two was it no there's not not in the yeah. not in the old one or indeed the the remake you don't have any kind of dodging besides like quick turning taking one step back or you know you can you can juke zombies but there's no official dodge mechanic but yeah uh jill has got her quick step as they call it in the game and if you hit rb at just the right time you can roll out of the way of zombies attack and take no damage and then if you quickly hit aim after you roll, you snap around back to the zombie that just tried to um, take a chunk out of you. You can pop off a few shots at it. That second part is questionably useful for zombies because really you're just avoiding them. But for Nemesis, if you're looking to make him take a knee, it's pretty useful for that. It was only about a 20-minute demo. It's quite short. I've got a lot of collectibles to, to look through. Uh, to find, sorry, there's these little like bubble heads that they've put in the environment, uh, and you can shoot them all. And I'm not quite sure what you unlock because I think I only got four on my first run through. Yeah, uh, didn't Resi Seven? They had like they, I know with their collectibles they like kind of the weird sort of creepy stuff. They had, was it Mister Everywhere? Was that his name? It was like the bobblehead dude. He was like a yeah. And then they had like a they had Raccoon City raccoons. Hmm. Into like little models of figurines. It was um I can't remember his name, but it was yeah, it was a Raccoon City raccoon and you had to shoot them. And you just get uh like in game models and stuff, you don't get anything too special for for getting them all. Um I'm not sure what you get in the Resi three demo because I've not done it yet. Uh but yeah, Resi three demo and I played a little bit of a medieval 
which is a New Blood Games retro throwback FPS, which was it's good fun. It's good fun. But yeah, that's been me for the cool. last week and a half. So that's what we've been playing during our old lockdown period. But Matt, what has been released? Please tell us. I am so glad you asked. Uh, and I'm itching to talk about this. It's like I ask the same question every week. Or oh, at least every time we record. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. So I've divvied the releases up in a different way. Um, typically, I pick three games and I look at the review content for them and then I kind of make a little concise summary and say whether or not I think I'd pick it up. And usually the answer is pick it up in a sale because I'm cheap. Uh, but this time, I've actually played two of the games we're going to talk about through. So you're I'm... not cheap. You, you're, you're resourceful. Let's just get that, get that one clear. Yes. You're, yeah. you're, you're savvy. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah, I think, you know. No, give yourself some more credit. That's, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, I'll, take, I'll take that. Yeah. But sorry, continue. Um, so, as mentioned in the intro, I'm going to talk about Doom Eternal coming at, at us from id Software, published by Bethesda Softworks. That came out the 20th of March, 2020. And I'm pretty sure anyone who's listening to this knows that Doom is out and knows roughly what the game's about. It's a follow Probably one of the biggest releases you've covered, right? So far, I'd say. I think so. I think this is... It's early doors, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be one of your Game of, year, game of the Year games. If, if Cyberpunk is the one to knock it off, that's the only game I can see coming out that's going to be better than this. Resi 3 is going to be great, but I don't think it's going to have the same impact that Doom Eternal... Has already had. Probably has got the same widespread appeal, right? That Doom Doom could. Mm. You've got to be a more of a certain type of person, I think, to play a Resi game. Whereas Doom, if you just want to kill some demons for an hour, you can do that. I think by virtue of it being a survival horror game, that's just a, mm. a narrower market than general FPSery. Even though describing Doom Eternal as general is doing it a massive disservice. So this is a direct follow-on from. The Doom 2016 reboot follows a story directly on on the back of the events of the first game. Um, And you kind of pick up after Hell has invaded Earth and Earth has already lost. So the forces of Hell have taken Earth and you, the Doom Slayer, are coming to kick the crap out of everything that gets within arm's reach of you. Or indeed shotgun's reach of you. This game is amazing uh, i've played through it on ultra violence and i'm gonna have a i'm gonna take a stab at ultra nightmare uh over the weekend i don't do you know, where should i start with this so the, the levels are massive detailed and not even just the parts that you traverse like if you look out into the scenery you ha- you've got these huge vistas that tell the story of earth being overrun so you have these giant mechs that are frozen in place where they've run out of power like mid fight with a demon and the demon has died and it's kind of calcified in place so they're like locked in combat you've got skyscrapers that have got huge sigils burned into the side of them and like flesh climbing them and so that and that's just the environment that you can't play in the actual level itself that you traverse through you have all your standard mix of enemies from Doom 16. They've added some new ones. You've got increased puzzle platforming. So the Doom Slayer is probably the most limber he's ever been. Doom Guy slash Doom Slayer. No spoilers. He now has a double jump from the off. 
he has a dash after the second level and he can grab walls and like climb up them incredible hulk style just like stab his hands into these soft walls climb up them there are monkey bars which are both used in environmental traversal and arena combat so you jump into the monkey bar and you kind of like swing up and it refreshes your double jump so you can swing around stay in the air stay mobile in in the arena so the levels are that's, sorry go on. that's sorry that's that's kind of revolutionary for doom right as much as that is pretty simple thing in terms of just i guess adding another element of traversal or giving you another access to work on that's like doom was left and right and then verticality was a big thing so to just give you that power that's going to that must expand on it quite a bit i feel like this is this is a natural evolution of the 90s shooter because a lot of the Mm. throwback shooters kind of like a medieval um, Nightmare Reaper, Dusk, uh, Aeon, Fury. Those, those games, they try and keep that very 90s formula of fast-paced, lots of action, lots of enemies, and lots of circle strafing to boil it down. But this takes it to a different level where... not And, and at the minute, we're just talking about movement as well. So you've got jumping, double jumping, dashing, swinging, and all of these refresh on different on different bases. So you can you can get so your dashes refresh after a glory kill. So if you were to glory kill a cacodemon midair, you could then immediately start jumping and dashing again. So it takes that kind of fast place, fast paced, um, floor based gameplay that you have in all these classic games, and it just gives you another dimension to to play around with it on, and lets you be more creative. Moving on to the actual gameplay, Doom twenty sixteen introduced something that was quite new or, or different i suppose for first person shooters at the time which was gaining health on melee kills and it was the first big release that kind of did this and we've, we brought up on speech check before i believe we've spoken about how that was kind of a, an evolution from med kits and rebounding health yeah and they've taken that base element and expanded it so that all of your resources are attainable from the enemies in the environment. So you now have the flame belch, which is a little flame thrower on your shoulder. If you set an enemy on fire, they periodically drop armor. And when you deal damage to them, they drop more armor. Your chainsaw now regenerates over time. So when you chainsaw an enemy, you get all of your ammo back. And glory kills still give health, as well as your blood punch. The blood punch is like a, a powerful melee attack that builds up by performing glory kills. And when you blood punch something, it dies and drops health. You have this really complex game of strategy that occurs when you enter an arena. You, you, you find yourself going into an arena, looking around, taking stock of all the enemies. I, I was talking to some people last night about it, and I, I would find myself later in the game, I would do a lap lap of the arena before I even start fighting anything, I take note of where all the health, armor, and ammo pickups were, and I wouldn't get any of them. And I try and just feel out the arena, feel out where I could go, make a note of the enemies and where the fodder enemies are that you can set on fire, chainsaw for ammo, uh, glory kill for health, and just make sure I knew where I could get all my resources from. And then go into actually fighting all of the heavy and super heavy demons, which is it. It for for. uh, what do I want to say? You want to say it's 
really fucking good. I think that's what you want to say. It's just like, like I love Fallout 4. I really do. And I played it a lot. <clears throat> but I could play that and I could have, I don't know, a speed run on my other screen or something going on. I could be looking over at a YouTube video. I might be having fun with it and collecting resources and blah de blah de blah But with Doom, you have to be in the game. You are 100% playing the game. You're constantly evaluating this changing landscape of information and trying to think of the best way to plot your course through it. And it's just so engaging and it makes you feel so powerful because it's difficult and because it's demanding that attention. You, you feel like you've really mastered something. Like beating an arena feels great because you've just overcome all these demons coming at you. You're like dashing around, setting stuff on fire, throwing grenades here, chainsawing this dude there. It's just, oh, it is some of the best core loop I've ever played in a game. That's some high praise. It's really good. But I believe, I believe uh, everything you've said, and I trust your opinion. Though. But what would you recommend? I feel like you're going to say this is a definitely pickup. buy it if you don't already own it. Oh, yeah, that, 100%. Pick this up. Uh, pick up the deluxe version of it because you get the classic sound pack. So you can uh, play with the sounds from Doom 1. Oh, you get extra stuff as well, right? You, get, you don't just get Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to spoil how you get them. I'm sure the internet is awash with how you get it. Uh, but it, I'm just going to say that it is possible to play 1993 Doom 1 and Doom 2 inside of Doom Eternal. And I'll let you figure out how, where, and what, what that means. Um, yeah, Doom Eternal is 100% a pickup. It's worth full price. There's tons of content in there. There's multiplayer as well, which I'm starting to get to grips with a little bit. It's a bit different. It's uh, 1v2 asymmetrical. Uh, two players play two demons, and one person plays a Doom Slayer. The, the demons can summon lower demons and uh, buff buff and debuff the, themselves and the... Uh, and the Doomslayer. They have standard attacks too, but they kind of pale in comparison to what the Doomslayer can do to them. So it becomes a case of trying to like whittle down the uh, the Doomslayer while you try and avoid being absolutely obliterated. It's kind it of sounds a little bit like uh, the Left 4 Dead PvP, but with abilities and as opposed to mm. um, or like buff abilities rather than sort of direct. It is a little bit, and it's 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 weird to get used to because you've. You've got to monitor your summons more than anything. You've got to get good with the projectiles that your demon has, but you have to also know when to summon additional additional demons to help you out boxing in the Doomslayer and you know get, getting one over on him. But yeah, that, I don't think, if I'm really honest, I don't think the multiplayer has legs. It feels a bit tacked on right now. But I've heard there's a single-player DLC coming to the game. They've got quite an interesting progression system where you can earn like cosmetics and different in-game bits and bobs so that's kind of cool but yeah this game is a 100% buy it's worth worth the money it is triple a and it just shows that the people who worked on doom eternal really care not just about doom the franchise and its identity but also gaming like they understand games really acutely i'm gonna stop fillating doom eternal and move on to a beta. This is a little preview I've got for people. Predator Hunting Grounds, which is something that has seemed to have popped up out of nowhere for me. I had no idea this was happening. I don't know. About I you. saw it. 
come up yeah yesterday on uh it was a facebook post from ign like literally yesterday and i was like why have i not heard about this even like at all not i'm not what i am a, a fan of uh predator and anything on a short stick has ever done mm-hmm. but uh i wasn't a fan of predators or the predator i know you weren't a fan of the predator I heard that oh one. god! As in, as in, as in the film, not the predator, the alien. Oh god! Why? 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 Why did you make me remember that? <laughs> oh, you, you blocked out of your brain. It's gone, man. I didn't you even forgot know. you'd seen that film. Jesus Christ! That was so bad. It's another one of those things. How do you how do you fuck that up? Yeah, I don't know whether it was on on here or privately. We were speaking about why do movies come out so bad when you have like a perfect medium right if it, it can't be that hard but the the predator is such an easy thing to make a decent film out of right you would think so but, but... Oh god anyway my my ire towards um hollywood movie making aside yeah predator hunting grounds this is in beta right now as we're speaking coming at us from Ilphonic, published by sony interactive entertainment and it will be released a projected release 24th of april 2020 this is a asymmetrical 4v1 multiplayer experience. Four players take the role of a fire team deployed into a jungle to fill out some mercenary tasks, while one player takes the role of the predator, who is hoping to rip out the spines of the other players and keep them. Put them up on, on his wall, whatever he does with them. Do you put them on a belt? He's got like a trophy belt on him. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. When you uh, take a trophy from a player, it actually shows up on your in-game model. You literally take their spine and you put it on your, your belt and it's there, like, wiggling as you're jumping through the trees and stuff. Sure, I don't know what it is, but, like, tiny, even if it's, uh, like, sort of inconsequential, tiny attention to detail like that really gets my juices flowing. I love that. I think it shows that the, the people who made the game care as much about it as you do playing it. Mm. It's, it's it's nice to feel that kind of every every involved. Well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, four v one multiplayer. The the fire team are deployed. It's, it reminded me a little bit of like a Far Cry outpost, where you can choose to okay. to stealth up to some military encampment, and you either have to I don't know plant a bomb, find some intel, kill some guy, kill everyone. It's just you know a fairly generic. Uh, modern military trope objective um, and you can approach that like like I said with stealth or you can just go in guns blazing you and three other commandos and that's played from a first person perspective so it's very familiar that that role uh, the predator is played from a third person perspective and he has all of his tools and goodies from the movie I, I don't know whether I should say the movie or like the canon the franchise you know it's, it's mainly taken from predator one i think most of the ideas in this game that's where you want to take your inspiration from i know there's probably a, a good niche of people that like predator 2 but it just it made sense that it was it then came out or changed the setting from the jungle to the city but it's predator, predator one is is infinitely better hmm. sorry so you've got um you've got your wrist blades, your plasma caster, the the heat vision. Um, they've taken all of the 
audio from the film and it's all in the game so when you change to your heat vision you get that you get that wipe effect that you get in the first film and it makes that like that noise as well and it they have like a like a heartbeat noise sort of thing like a wom, wom, mm-hmm. like a, yeah and it distorts the audio as well just like it does nice. in, oh. the, in the movies so you, you can hear like the barks from all the soldiers and stuff and gunfire but it all comes through all kind of garbled while you're in this this vision you're making me want to play it man it i've i've played two games and been through the tutorial i didn't have much time with it but this again much like doom i was saying so they're really invested in the franchise i feel like the people who worked on predator hunting grounds are fans of predator like they seem to know and like the source material and that's really nice it was just it's a, it just seems like a fun experience and I really hope it goes somewhere at the minute there's only uh, a jungle map but there's potential for them to add more later this is this is a beta right now an uh, open beta mm. um, it does have loot boxes but they are purely cosmetic and they are bought with currency that you earn in game very nice well done so okay I'm that made me wary but you know Loot boxes in a preview in a beta. This maybe cause for concern, but yeah, if they keep it that way, then I'm not offended by that. Yeah, all things all things told, it's set up to be like it's it's got to be fun. I think this is this is one to watch. Um, Ilphonic have previously worked on Evolve, and they made the Friday the Thirteenth game, so they're they're used. To... Okay, it sounds very Evolve. Like the 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 framework is pretty much like for like if not just in a different scenario i guess but maybe that's unfair it's not you know i think you've got a team versus one monster in a jungle i'm i'm describing both of those games right now (laughs) so to say they're similar isn't it's not doing either one of them um, a disservice yeah looks like fun i would download it right now although by the time this episode comes out i think the the base will be closed yeah, keep your eyes peeled for this. Check it out. It's available on the Epic Games Store and PlayStation Network. So, okay, watch that space. Even if I wanted to play it, I couldn't. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Last, last little bit for me is indie. I picked uh, Death and Taxes to talk about. This is a game from Placeholder Games. It was also published by them. It came out the 19th of November 2019. This is a bit of a, a just a shorter one. Um, it's like Papers, Please, but you play the Grim Reaper deciding who's going to die. So you go to your desk every day and you have a, a set of dossiers, which are different people's lives. And you have a, a quota of how many people have to die and what qualities they must have or circumstances they're in. And you pick who dies and who lives. It's a little bit less puzzle based. So Papers, Please, it, it's kind of like a logic a logic puzzle you know you've got to make sure that the person has the correct um the correct passes to come into the country and that changes with the political landscape of the game so you know it's, it's a psychological test there, there are right and wrong answers or is this more of a just have your story yeah this is uh that's a good thing to to say because it is a narrative game primarily it's about what there's some kind of wider story about humanity trying to be wiped out and you're just kind of a cog in a machine and maybe you're killing the wrong people maybe you're killing the right people and working out 
what you should do in that situation. Uh, I think this is worth a pickup. I think it's pretty cheap. Um, it looks like a laugh. You know, good. That's probably about a five-hour experience, but with replayability. Multiple endings, uh, and every character in the game is fully voice-acted, which is unusual for an indie game because that's expensive. Yeah, unless it was people that made the game. True, very true. And they were like, just do me a favor. Record some lines. You might get paid, you might not. <laughs> that's uh, that's it for my releases. Uh, quick summary, summary, even. Everyone buy Do- Doom Eternal right now and jump on the beta for Predator Hunting Grounds because the queue time is about two minutes and I don't like that. Oh, God, no. So that's my recent releases and I'm now going to shut my face and let Sam enlighten us with the news. So what's going on in the world, Sam? Uh, Well, along with all the corona-related stuff, um, this is all kind of, well, I tried to not pick ones that were based around that, but it's hard because that is the dominating story on everybody's lips right now. Mm. Because, so the first one that relates to that is that Sony has been uh, slowing down the speeds in Europe, even limiting and capping stuff to, I guess, just make things easier, give an equal share out to people rather than mm-hmm. insane premium stuff. Premium speeds and other people not getting that. Um, but yeah, they're working with internet providers in Europe to manage the PlayStation download traffic. Uh, they've had a statement come out from Mr. Jim Ryan, who's the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. And he has said, quote, We believe it is important to do our part to address internet stability concerns as an unprecedented number of people are practicing social distancing and are becoming more reliant on internet access. Pretty much just the way of the world right now. Everyone's delving into streaming and gaming and more isolated and introverted uh, pursuits. Mm-hmm. Nothing new to me personally. That's, th- this pandemic is pretty much how I live my life. And that's been it's people are just experiencing how I get through get through my year. So not so much of a toll on me. I hear that. But yeah, other streamers. Yeah, it's 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 the life of a gamer, right? That's what we do. <laughs> we used to staying inside for vast periods of time yeah no these are these are i think i said something the other day is like mate four weeks of scrub numbers <laughs> i'll voluntarily do the 12 week vulnerable people thing if i have to other streaming services are doing the same so netflix and youtube have turned off like hd options so you can't download a movie in 4k okay yeah not really necessary right now and i get that not something i, I do anyway uh, I haven't seen this in my household, and we've had uh, an extra person stay with us. Mm-hmm. Daniel's brother stayed with us because I think I said to you before that he lives with her grandparents. They're, I think, in their late 60s, early 70s. Oh, okay. Uh, her grandmother's diabetic. Her uh, granddad has had some health issues as well, so he's stayed away from them, trying to be safer. But yeah, we've we've all, he's had his PlayStation. He's been playing Call of Duty. He's been watching stuff on Netflix. I've been playing games. We've had like three people with at least two devices each. Uh, two of them have been working at home, so I've not seen any downloads. I don't think my internet was that good personally. I'm with Sky. I've got fiber optic. I think I'm on like 40, 45. I think yours is better than mine. Yours is what sixty 
six or something, isn't it? Yes, uh, sixty to seventy-five. But I typically get yeah, like mid sixties. So... Yeah, so I've not seen anything then. I don't know. It sounds so if like you they... have. If you've... No, no. It sounds like they've approached it in a in a smart way. Really, you, you stop the you stop the high. Um, I don't know what to call it. Like bandwidth usage. Yeah, like you know, downloading HD stuff or 4K stuff. If you just put a cap on that, it means everyone can kind of use the internet regularly with regular traffic more reliably and because like you said you you and yourself and me we don't really download 4k anything or when i like to watch in hd like 1080p but i don't really i don't really care too much for 4k and also i don't have a monitor that can or tv that can output that so yeah there's actually no point in doing that for me so i'm not doing anything out of it Mm. um but if anyone listening has it has experienced this and has been gated or blocked or anything anyway, let us know. Because we have not experienced that. We've been, maybe maybe we're one we're part of the lucky collective and everyone else has actually had that. But I do know that obviously this is PlayStation and neither of us have but uh Daniel's brother had here in he wasn't complaining about not being able to download or play stuff properly. I, um, so I watched Netflix through Brands PlayStation, and we've not noticed anything. Yeah, so there you go. So maybe it's maybe it's just a, a sensible thing they're doing rather than a, when we're going to stop or cap everybody. Mm. Reason, but yeah, if anyone has experience that, let's know. The next thing on my, my smaller scale stuff is that uh, Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM, all generally older games, mm-hmm. uh, have been announced that they're going to be on Switch. So they're going to be coming, I believe, on May 29th. I don't know if that's a penciled-in date. Uh, obviously, they're not going to get a physical release. They're going to get. They're going to become, I imagine, available. Nintendo eShop. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo also did a a mini a mini direct, which they like to do, and they announced like kind of a lot of stuff. Generally, it was announcements of older titles being available on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And a couple of update news as well. But yeah, they covered things like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Burnout Paradise, all games that are, you know, way, way back on kind of the timeline of wherever he's been. Yeah. We, we, we have had more than enough time to experience these games in some form or another. Uh, but there's been a decent amount of 2K titles that have come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had... Um, so I don't know if, if the original XCOM, uh, enemy, enemy Unknown or Enemy Within, I don't know if that's been made available, but XCOM 2, the most recent one, mm-hmm. is being made available. Uh, you, and you can get all the DLCs and you can get War of the Chosen, which I think was a big expansion that okay. came with that. Uh, the Borderland, Borderlands Legacy Collection, which is 1, 2, and the pre-sequel. Well, I know pre-sequel wasn't great, but still pretty good, so if you're into them. Well, not the pre-sequel wasn't great, is that it Two was really good, and pre-sequel kind of wasn't just as good as two. It was a dip in quality for sure. The pre-sequel, yeah. Uh, and the Bioshock collection, Bioshock One, Two, and in- the Infinite Complete Edition, hmm. which uh, I assume means you get all the Burial at Sea, and the DLC. Yeah, you get Burial at Sea and the uh, Clash in the Clouds, which was uh, that was why why they chose to focus. 
but like they they looked at the they looked at Infinite and went, okay, what is what is the most mediocre part of our game? Probably the the combat. All right, let's make an entire DLC based on like an arena fight. Yeah, I, we've we've definitely spoken about that before. How uh, they were sniffing their own farts when they were talking about designing that combat, and they thought they were onto something mad. And it was even like if Skyrim released a pack for that. Oh god! Just take a great sword and fucking ram your face into this dragon for the next half an hour. Yeah, just my health versus your health. Yeah, who is it bigger? Who is carrying more cheese right now? Yeah, who's where? Who's got a higher armor rating and who's got a higher damage rating? And that's it. Um, the one thing that I kind of took from this is that. Kind of historically, Nintendo kind of keeps it to itself. You know, does its first-party publishing doesn't necessarily lend that its name to other stuff, or vice versa. Kind of doesn't let other franchises in. Generally, obviously, the reason these are coming out is because they haven't been made available on a Nintendo console before. Mm. So the question I, I'm going to put to you, Matt, mm-hmm. is: Do you not think it's unusual that Nintendo is seeking to add old games, like fairly old games, to its back catalogue? And just reckon this signals like kind of a change in or a lax in their policy. Yeah, I think they're uh, they're trying to show that you can get a more I don't know standard, recognizable gaming experience on the Switch, and maybe divorce themselves from that previous impression that the Wii and the Wii U were like kiddie consoles, more toy-like. They're saying, look, you can play if you're <laughs> big boy games, you know, you can play Bioshock, Borderlands, um, games with adult themes and that require long-term investment on, on this. I know there's a bunch of, you know, games that are already on the, the Switch that are I don't know, more adult or more traditional Maybe core is what I'm looking. The word I'm looking for, like core game experiences, and they're mm. just, they're just adding to that, and maybe hoping to get some people to migrate over. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you said it that way. To be honest, because yeah, my kind of view of, I guess Nintendo in general historically is that they've been a more, uh, they've had sort of a younger demographic range with the games that they have. Not to say that's in any way. Uh, an indication of less quality because games like Breath of the Wild and Mario are some of the, the best games you can play mm. like in, in gaming, not so just on a Nintendo phone. But yeah, I think it shows that they're maybe trying to open up, expand that demographic and maybe I don't know, shift shift the image a bit more. Say that, you know, we're we're here if you want to play Bioshock on a handheld air quotes. Mm. then you know, you can do that at, at a sacrifice of some quality for sure but yeah maybe this show, I don't know if there's been any like leadership change around or personnel switching at Nintendo it's not it's, you would have thought that would have been pretty big news within the gaming world if they had but I haven't heard anything but I don't know if that means that they have taken a different stance maybe on mm. how they want to progress going forward that they're they're not as, but then maybe they're lowering their walls a bit I mean, it wasn't too long ago that they opened up the Nintendo Marketplace to indie developers, right? They It used to be quite yeah. closed down and quite difficult to get your game onto Nintendo consoles, but now it's 
very open and more Steam-like in a way. You've got a lot more demos flying around. You've got a lot of smaller games that are available. So I mean, maybe... Yeah, they seem to have looked at it and taken that model and think, okay, maybe we can make this work for us. Because, yeah, wait, if you search the eShop now, you get a whole bunch of stuff coming up. But, mm. you know, you're looking at it thinking, there's no way any high-up people at Nintendo have approved, like, Hentai Warriors 9. <laughs> Big titty pinball revenge. Of the, maybe they have revenge of the head. <laughs> Some main big news, uh, as Matt mentioned in the intro, is that the Xbox Series X, which I did cover a bit last week on last week, got something week <laughs> episode, last episode with the specs and all that kind of funky stuff about how pretty its game is going to be and how powerful it's going to be. Uh, had some bits uh, code stolen uh, and partially leaked. Uh, so a hacker got hold of some source files for the current and future GPU. Some of that included uh, it was some AMD. And I don't know if they were looking for that specifically, or they stumbled, and it became apparent that that some of the stuff they stolen was it pertained to the uh, Series X. AMD were apparently contacted in December of last year who said they were like, oh, I've got test files of, of your stuff. You know? And I think they posted it online. I can't remember exactly where it was. So they didn't specify it. The story I read didn't specify where they put it up. So it's been taken down. Uh, it was just found in a hacked computer. I don't, know, I don't know who stumbled across that, where and when and why. Mm. But it included the source code for AMD's big Navi. I don't know if that if that's short for Nintendo or I can remember what. Or and it's Arden GPU. The GPU of which, or the Arden GPU of which, was expected to have been uh, sort of set up for specs. Sorry for the series. Of it. The guy who's put up, or the person, sorry, put up the one. Don't want to discriminate. Twenty twenty could have been a man, could have been a woman. We just don't know. Once. We don't, exactly. Uh, they want $100 million for this information. And apparently they've said, uh, I think they spoke to Torrent Freak. And if they, they're like, oh yeah, I want $100 million. And if I don't get it, I'm just going to post it online anyway. So, it's, it's an unusual one. I know there's been like leaks and stuff in the past, but uh, it seems pretty official because AMD have issued a uh, DMCA takedown notice mm-hmm. to the place where it was. So, you know, they're they're taking it seriously. And they said they've also found four, quote, forks, which, if you don't know what that, that lingo means, because I didn't, so I, I looked it up, uh, it's places where data has been copied to. Okay. I read the transcript of uh, AMD putting in their request for the, for the takedown notice uh, on uh, GitHub. And there was one comment on it at the time that just said, oof. Yeah, big big oof. And uh, so to offer my my humble opinion on it is that I get why, you know, this is sensitive information that people don't want coming out all the times, right? But I think it's, it's weird that Companies 
how like secrecy is almost like a like a really or or the most valuable commodity that you can have right and so you do a reveal in your own way in your own time manner however you want to do it that's kind of all in in the the social media like connected society where like everything's online within seconds mm. if someone finds it out that a big reveal is kind of a good or maybe the only currency a company has now so maybe that's why they're treating it so so seriously i don't know i think that they're in the tech field and secrecy and being ahead of the curve on what you're doing with your your hardware and software is maybe the only thing that separates you from your rivals so this mm. this is huge right if if you've got a bunch of sensitive information I mean, there'll come a point where they release the Xbox Series X and you could buy one and I don't know, reverse engineer it. I, I'm not smart enough to know how you'd go about digging through something. But if they've got, you know, unprotected files that they could leak on the internet and anyone could have, then it kind of undoes some of the work that Xbox and Microsoft have put into making the Xbox Series X better than its competitors. I yeah, I get it. I get it from yeah from that point. Maybe because I'm not as as tech inclined as maybe most people are, and I'm not uh, a PC gamer, so a lot of the acronyms and stuff don't mean as much to me. Like they come around and say, "Oh, it's got twelve teraflops." I was, I was like, "Okay, that sounds good." Ooh, like I don't know how that will manifest itself in my experience of the game. I do love the flop. It, it, I do love a flop, especially when it's terror. Mm. Terror, I know, is being a, it's a it's a small word, but it means a big thing. A, f- a flop, maybe? Are we flopping to the earth? Is that what that means? Twelve flops maybe. to the earth. <laughs> Potentially, I don't. know. <laughs> Who can say? But yeah, that's it's, it's it's a it's a strange one. You know, I don't know. There's stuff and like kind of weird and wonderful stories I've read before about stuff being leaked but you, I think people now with how kind of secure and sort of close-knit things are kept that any any leak is either someone being insanely careless or you know, like an evil genius hacker you know it has to be one of those two things because of how like lock and key everything is mm. so maybe it is a big deal and I'm not Maybe I've just I've just heard of leaks before, but I don't get the severity of it because I'm not on the inside. I don't know. I think I think leaking when you leak a game, it's bad for people. Well, we've kind of we've kind of covered it before, right? With the mm. you know about how leaking that information, people you know they really go after people, even people that are genuine fans. So to go after someone who's maybe illegally obtained it mm. purposefully rather than just sharing it. But that's my news. That is all the news that's happened in the world other than being able to not buy any toilet roll, meat or bread. Yeah. Well, I am enlightened as per usual, Sam. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. It's okay. So, now that I'm freshly enlightened, it's time to take a look back at uh, last week's question, which was what games have we put the most time into? And Sam, I put that question to you. I got 
hella into uh, all four lights from three on. Mm-hmm. Three, New Vegas, four. I had a big, I guess you could you could call it obsession almost, as much as normally when I'm done with the achievements on a game, stop. But I played, I wanted to find everywhere in the wasteland. I would just walk out, look for one of the hollow arrows, and just go towards it. Just find the stuff that was there and just explore. I feel like that was how they wanted you to experience the game. Mm. So that that is what I did. I treated it. I did literally wander the wasteland. Uh, I don't know. I can tell off the top of my head which one I definitely put the most hours into. I would guess four, I think. Mm. And then probably three in New Vegas, pretty even. Um, Three probably actually before New Vegas because three had broken steel, right? Which completely changed the ending and raised the level cap and they yeah. gave more a bit of a post game rather than New Vegas had just like different expansions. Mm. Battlefront 2, the newer one, 2018, which I know is a bit of a curse word to some. Yeah, I can't uh, believe you. I'm not saying. Sunk so much time into it. I was so into it. I'd like. Ironically, I played it probably when it was considered broken. Mm. Again, air quotes. But I, yeah, I really liked it. The officer was like objectively the best class because you could put on uh, a perk which, if you were around teammates within a certain distance, it would make their health regen start quicker. Okay. So you could just you could just follow people and you get like passive, which was pretty OP and your main like alt I guess was you know, you just boosted people's health and that you gave them like 40% more health it seems pretty uh, yeah pretty pretty imbalanced yeah and I think they were like oh well, you, you only get a pistol to defend yourself but you could, if you could aim well on that game uh, and you can pretty much shoot from the hip it's a game where you, you have a constant crossover oh okay yeah, I got pretty good at that game. I'm just playing as the heroes. It's just, it's just cool. Mm. I would try and play as heroes where uh, they were a bit fallible. There were some like objectively good heroes. Mm. Like if you played as the Jedi, you had like insane movement options. I would try and play as like Han Solo or Lando Calrissian because they were a bit more, a bit more, a bit more fair, a bit more balanced. Yeah. But like, if you snuck up on him, you could kill him. Whereas like, if you just shoot him. In the back, right, and choked you. So yeah, I put, I put. I think I stopped playing that a good, probably a year ago. And I think I'm still like, because Xbox like records not necessarily always accurately, but hours you put into a game, mm-hmm. and has like a mini leaderboard, and I'm still the top of that leaderboard. Wow. And there's like people actively playing it. <laughs> That's a little bit scary. It. I did, I got well into it. But then, ironically, I didn't play it now when it, it's probably considered to be fixed or more balanced. Probably when the newer heroes came into it, they added, like, Dooku and Anakin. But I think Anakin that broke the game. Gears, Gears of War 1 and 3. 2, not as much, because 2 was kind of a mess. Mm. But 1 came out in, uh, for me, when I was in years 10 and 11 school. Mm-hmm. So I had no... No adult responsibilities. Nothing like that to distract me. I could, 
unashamedly play games from the moment I got home from school and then all weekend. And Gears 4, okay, sorry, Gears 4, Gears 1 was 4v4, mm. and there were, I had a lot of friends that had it, and then Gears 3 was kind of similar in that, that expanded 5v5, and then again, it's a game that all me and my friends had in common. So there's just more of an excuse to play it. And yeah, yeah. put in put in a lot of times with those. I got seriously as well on Gears One, which is the ten thousand kills. <laughs> but it was it was glitched on Gears One and that you could get you could potentially get it before, but it was much likely you get it after. So it was kind of a random once you got past ten thousand it was like every game could be the next game you got it. Mm. And I remember I got it. I went to, it was the night before I had a, my math GCSE exam. <laughs> and I was, I like finished playing probably like midnight. And then I like kind of, kind of couldn't get to sleep. And then about half one, I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to play some, play some gears. Played one game, played awfully. Then I got like three kills. Three mm. kills. I, mean, I was like th- three to eight. And I locked on that game and I was like, that's cool. I've still got photos actually. I took a photo of my stats. <laughs> so I was like, I'll remember this day. I'm going to show that to my children. A proud moment. Yeah, they won't know what's going on. Uh, show it to my firstborn son the moment he is born. Have your stat screen like tattooed on his back. Yeah. Lest we I shall, forget. I shall, <laughs> I shall name him the number of kills I got. <laughs> my dear son, 13,728. Uh, all the fetal. T- all the fetal? All the FIFA titles, as ashamed as I am to say, from the current gen onwards. So from I believe it's FIFA 14. Although I didn't buy FIFA this year because I heard it was bad even for FIFA. Uh, and I was tired of buying the same game over and over again for six years. Yeah, it's a pretty unbeatable business model, right? They they made one game about 12 years ago and they just kept releasing it. Yeah, they they say every year, obviously, that it's it's nothing like the FIFA you've experienced before. We've completely revamped, blah, blah, blah. And then it's pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. New new kits does not a new game make. Yeah, they just... if All they have to do is go into their models and like, oh, this guy shaved his head this year, so they just give him a haircut. Or if some team's changed sponsor, they have to change the logo on the front of the kit. Mm. That's all they have to really do. And, and update the squads if anyone's moved teams. COD, I pretty much played, I think, from our generation, COD 4 kind of, well, I don't want to speak for you, but COD 4 kind of almost changed what gaming was or like how it was viewed like socially. So before that, for us, in, in my school, in like coming of age when you were like 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. like I had like kind of my group of friends, we we were mostly gamers among us, but we've like played sport and did all normal kind of stuff like that. But then there was definitely like a, um, I guess you could, you could determine them as kids. But there was kids that, you know, there wasn't any animosity between the people. But they were, if you wanted to, if you view them in an American high school film, they would be considered as the popular kids or like the fucking jocks, or whatever you want to call. Them. Mm. Uh, and even they bought Call of Duty Four. And that was like a big thing. So then we were like socializing with people and playing like because pretty much everybody in school had it. Even like, and then, you know, not to 
make make this kind of remark, but it was uh, a lot of uh, girls in our year had it, and that wasn't you know, not not for a moment suggesting there shouldn't be females playing games, but as a kid, when all you've really known is your friends who are all boys who all play video games, to have it where there was girls that could come on card and kick your ass was like, what the hell is this? Mm. You know, it was just a, n- a new thing to experience. So that was like, we put a lot of time, particularly into four, and then we played a lot, pretty much every con after that, up until uh, Black Ops 2. Not many of my friends like Black Ops 2, but I I got really good at it. I mean, we, we probably played I enjoyed Blobs, like yeah. We, 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 we would carry a team on back, Blobs 2. Back in the day? That was when I owned an Xbox. Yeah. Oh, that was some good times. We had some really good games on that. That was fun. Uh, the Halo Master Chief Collection. Just because there's so many games on it, so much multiplayer, and there's 700 achievements. done. Jesus. So, for me, personally, that's, that's kept me very busy. Uh, and then Rock Band and Guitar Hero. I got into them. I can play them on Expert, and so that was that kind of had the FIFA syndrome that they would just they just get the rights to songs and just release them every year. But uh, yeah, putting a lot of time to that. Yeah. So those are, those are my main ones. But yeah, go on, Matt. Lay yours on me. I always wish that I was good at Rock Band or Guitar Hero, but I just have like I have no natural rhythm, like sense of rhythm. You've seen me dance when I'm drunk. There's nothing there. Uh, I a- still love it. Asymmetric flailing. You don't, you you make you make your own rhythm. There's a rhythm in your head, and you're you're driving to it. I'm dancing to the beat of my own drum. So I've just gone through and like listed objectively like the, the hours that I've put into stuff. So mm. TF2, I've got 500 hours on Steam, but I actually started playing it on Xbox first started playing it on the orange box for my xbox and i only moved over to the pc when they started to release updates and they brought absolutely none of them to the xbox for some reason you just couldn't get them so there were all these new weapons flying around and i was um i i watched a lot of youtube content on team fortress as well it was weird Um, team fortress team fortress 2 was like i don't know what it was i know how insanely popular it is but it just completely passed me by i don't know if that was because of like i said it's uh is a thing like the the Xbox almost got embargoed, and it became that the PC was the main place to get it, and I didn't play games. But yes, it's like a whole other world to me. It was definitely a PC experience, and changing over from console to PC was like night and day. Like it was, it was a, mm. a different game, a better one, a much better one. But that I put a ton of hours. Like the five hundred hours on on PC doesn't include how long I spent playing it on on console as well. Yeah, uh, Leaf Green. I've spoken before about that. Was a good four hundred hours. I just I, I got sucked into that man. I love that game. It, if I wasn't doing something, I was playing Pokemon Leaf Green for a good six seven months. It was just what I, nice. what I was always playing. Much like yourself, Fallout Four. I've restarted. I can't even count the number of times I've restarted with different builds and trying different stuff out. Playing it with the pip boy phone app playing it on the hardest difficulty trying to go melee only or you know this this it's just such a fun game to jump back into kind of like skyrim i've not put skyrim on this list but yeah skyrim is another big one where i can't even tell you how many hours i lost to to skyrim Looking... i lost a lot to skyrim but because i 
was like clueless when I was playing it. Hmm. So I was like a, a small idiot when I was playing that game. I was running around. <laughs> I think that was one of the first. I, I didn't play Oblivion. Hmm. I played Fallout 3 and then that kind of at the same time. And it was, you know, when you first start playing Fallout and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to need everything. So you pick up, you pick up every burnt book that you find. Yeah. And it was that kind of, you, you can, I couldn't decipher at that point what was valuable and what wasn't. Mm. And there wasn't like a, a fandom wiki to delve into to say what worth having. So I was, just, I was just holding everything. But I was, I was good in the fact in that, so I've not started Fallout 4. I've not restarted it uh, ever. I made divergent save points before I made decisions. Mm. That's that's a that's symptomatic of being an achievement person, knowing that you go for a different ending. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, carry on with yours. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't resist but start again. I uh, I don't know what it is. I just liked I like the idea of trying to get like a different build. I I enjoy like like theory crafting. I it might, it, yeah. might, it might come from my like D and D side, but I I really enjoy like looking at all of the elements of a of a, a character or a a game setup section and thinking how can I make some kind of kooky build or maybe take something that is underused or underutilized and make it different and fun and like Skyrim with using uh, magic in one hand and then like one-handed weapons in the other that's not really something that is objectively good like stealth archer yeah it's like yeah for, for me it was well I did that as well but that was like later game but I was uh, heavy armor heavy weapons yeah like that's just I had all, I had all perks in all and I was a hundred on both. It makes you like unkillable. You get dragon bone armor, and you just wait to get that um, that kill animation, right? That head. oh god, you know what? As much as the combat on that game is pretty shitty, that uh, those executions are amazing. Then when you just bash your head against something, <laughs> it's funny when you've got like a huge two-handed dwarven great axe, and your dude's like, no, the most efficient way for me to kill this enemy is to cave his head in with my head. It, yeah. <laughs> Gives him the Barry Burton special. When I when I used to do it, because I had the mask of Clavicus Vial, so it was cool because you had the horns, so oh. it like it was actually a little bit more contextual. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, Fallout is a big a big time sink. Left 4 Dead, the, the two Left 4 Dead games, I think I've put a deceptively huge amount of time into them and i just thought of it when you said about gears of war and how your friends had it because my mates mm. also had left for dead back in back in my xbox days it would be like every evening everyone would kind of like have their tea and then uh you'd get a text a sneaky text and which for me and for me and my mates we would text each other iron i-r-o-n i-i-r-on as in i am online so if yeah. anyone texted iron to the other one it meant like i'm on xbox live come and play Left 4 Dead and we just would rinse Left 4 Dead like every night and try and get the um oh what's it called was it expert difficulty I can't remember like the highest level because we 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 were pretty good at it we completed the game a few times but we never went right up to that hardest level um yeah put a lot of lot of time into that and the Borderlands games kind of for the same reason anything you can play with people you tend to put more time into um yeah it immediately heightens your experience because you know, even if it's a bad game, you can make it better by playing it with your friends. Yeah. Resi 5 is uh, an example of that. An average game, I'd say. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
but I I must have gone through that you, with my mates so many times just because it was a laugh. We we had even as the um, when we played the do you remember when we played the expansion we played oh, uh, Des- Desperate Escape. Oh God, we did the we... playing as Josh and Jill. Yeah, that was so difficult. It was the missile launchers with the perfect tracking. How is he leading me oh, yeah. from across? There's like a chasm, and he's on a missile launcher like 600 feet away, and he's led his shot perfectly. They also had infinitely spawning enemies, which you can't have on a spiral horror game. Yeah, that's that, not the point. That messes you up. Give, give that to me on Doom. Oh. Uh, on on Nightmare, but not on a not on Resi. Come on, now. Mm. Let's be serious. It doesn't fit. You know, I'm supposed to be managing my resources. I don't, and I don't have infinite of those. Mm. And I'm, I'm like a slave to a roguelike, which is something that's come up quite a few times in our conversations. Yeah. I, I really enjoy games that are procedural. So, examples I put there: Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon, and Slay the Spire. But there's a bunch of other ones that I, I've played, and I, again, coming back to that kind of trying to find the, the like the not the perfect combination, but like a fun combo of abilities or something i i enjoy going back through a game and being like oh what if i do this with that or what if i go this way or try this and you know a roguelike is a perfect environment for that it's good to find the the like the jank right or find something that's goofy but it works yeah like to to find it's so, okay yeah the objectively powerful stuff cool but i think i to a, to a lesser degree Going back to, to Black Ops Two, I don't know if you remember, but I had I used to run uh, I used to run the LSAT with oh yeah uh, I think it's thermal mm-hmm. and I used to have uh, three smokes and then but resupplies so I just used to pop smokes around me and then like just look in this field and then wait for someone to walk past that was like my my thing like, as stupid as it was and yeah you're like discovering your own dominant strategy hmm. Like it shouldn't work, but it does. Mm. So me and my mates, we have the. Well, they they kind of say this in a derogatory way to me. They they say that I have Petra plans because of the amount of times that we've played Civ together, and in Civs four and five, you can build Petra, which is like a uh, a world wonder. And when you build it, if every tile around it is surrounded by desert, you get like massive bonuses to. Um, production and your resources and stuff it's like it's an it's a great wonder to have but only in this incredibly specific circumstance and whenever mm. i play that game i'm always like trying to find desert or i'm trying to find a like eight square tiles of jungle so i'll completely sacrifice all of the early game benefits i can get just like trudging around trying to do this stuff so we call it having a petra plan and when i start min maxing essentially they say that i'm petraing yeah. or, or petra planning because it never really nice. comes off, and I lose many, many games of Civ because. But the one it. time it does, Matt, that's the thing. who's laughing then? It did come off one time, and I was like, "Oh, what's that? You're coming at me! I'll just pump out units every turn, Petra." Uh, yeah, that's. And you re- you remember those wins? You don't remember all the losses? Gambler's fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what I've uh, sunk the most time into. So that's what we covered for this week's question. And the question for next time is, what games have you primarily or only experienced with uh, someone else or multiple people? Hmm. That's an interesting one.
So that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Yeah, thank you for choosing to spend your time here with us in this difficult time. And you can catch up on the podcast, maybe you haven't heard yet, on both on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google Google Play as well, Google Podcasts, Sam? It's on Google Podcasts, yep. Yeah. So yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled for those. And our Facebook page is another good yeah, place Yeah, we've to got go. our socials up now. Um, and we are also uh, on Twitter as well, which we probably won't use primarily for uh, specific content and stuff, but we'll use it for uh, alerting people when we've had a new uh, video or episode go up. Uh, yeah, more of an alert system. Yeah, little bits of news, whatever, small snippets of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, in this in this time, I guess being a bit more serious because we've been a bit jovial and just covering our typical content um, in this episode. But take the advice of the lockdown if you're in the UK or any other country that's currently under lockdown and observe social distancing. Right now is what I'd say we we've, we've all got to do our little bit, as little as it may be, to protect vulnerable people from from the uh, pandemic. Yeah, my my personal view of it is that it's, you know, I could probably get this virus and be okay, but that's not the point. My social responsibility is to, like Matt said, the, the vulnerable people, right? And we probably all know someone that would uh, and could be potentially affected, you know, very seriously by, by getting it. So hmm. stay at home, play games, listen to podcasts, maybe listen to this podcast. Yeah, maybe... Uh, maybe... Just put the speech check playlist on overnight. Yeah, that's... just let it run through. Yeah, just do that. You know, <laughs> just do that. Yeah, game the YouTube algorithm by listening to our playlist <laughs> over and over again wisely. Do what? Do what Justin Bieber did with Yummy. Oh God, he did do that, didn't he? Yeah, that's how you get to the top of the charts. <laughs> yeah, suggesting people download a VPN to get it done in other countries as well. Classy move. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as much as we don't, you know, we don't normally get too serious on this podcast, but, you know, we we don't want to think, you know, people think we're taking this whole thing lightly, you know. Uh, it's more we're trying to provide content to maybe distract people or put put people in a more positive frame of mind with everything that's going on. You know, I don't, my personal view of things like this is that I don't need to add more neg- negativity to a situation, so we're trying to do our bit to maybe get people in a more, a more positive frame of mind. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like Sam said, stay at home, play games, listen to speech check, and keep your eyes peeled for YouTube, Facebook, Twitter updates. All the good stuff. Bye. Bye. Oh.